Please turn with me in your Bibles. Give me just a moment here to get resituated. But turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. We're looking today at the, the Lord's Prayer once again. We are beginning our look at the second three petitions, the second group of three petitions in the Lord's Prayer. And there's a sense in which as we begin to look at these, uh, these petitions where we're shifting gears. We're looking at our horizontal or our earthly or our personal needs as we begin uh, to look at these next three petitions of uh, petitions for daily sustenance, petitions for forgiveness of sin and petition for guidance and protection in our walk with God. But it's it's important for us as we make this shift that we're not turning away from the first three petitions, the petitions to make God's name sacred and holy the petition for God's kingdom to come, the petition for God's will to be done. We're not turning from those to something new. We're actually moving through those as we look at our these petitions that deal with our earthly needs. And so it's important for us to keep that in mind. And we'll try to do that as we go through these petitions, that these petitions that are that are prayers directly for us must be made in the knowledge that God will make his name holy and sacred, that God will bring about his kingdom and that God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so as we look at today's petition, give us today our daily bread. Keep those in mind. Let's begin reading with me in Matthew chapter six, beginning in verse nine. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Let us pray. Our God and Father above, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the teaching that you give to us, the teaching that that tells us how to live as kingdom servants, as your people. Help us to hear today. Help us to see today what it is that you would have us to hear and to see. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. In the history of tax law in the United States, and I know this is a thrilling subject for everybody in here, the history of tax law in the United States. Paul Zane Pilzer looked at the the history of the tax law, specifically through the Great Depression and the New Deal under FDR. John Maynard Keynes was the chief economist of the time in the United States and had the ear of Franklin Delano Roosevelt as he was seeking to finance his New Deal in America after the Great Depression. And Keynes convinced FDR that the American individual, the American family, once they reached a certain level of affluence, a certain level of goods that they could consume within their house, specifically Keynes said, a house and two cars in the garage that the American individual would cease to spend and save and save alone. And so we have a graduated income tax in order to counteract the effects of the fact 
that American human beings stop spending once they have all their needs met. Now, John Maynard Keynes was exceedingly wrong. We consume and we consume and then we consume some more. The history of marketing, if you look at it, marketing when I was in college was defined as finding a need, finding a product that fit that need and presenting it to the people. Today, marketing is defined as finding a product, creating a need or at least a felt need and forcing it upon the people. Think of your cell phone. Think of your smartphone. Every two years, your contract is up and most of us don't even wait that long to go replace our cell phones. We live in a consumerist consumption society. In fact, our economy would fall apart were the American individual, were the American family to cease their consumption, to cease their consuming. Much like last week's petition, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, is a corrective, is a slap in the face to our cultural idea that autonomy is best. Today's petition, give us today our daily bread, answers that consumerism through what God offers. First off, what does it mean that we pray our daily bread? Let's look at the individual words that we have here. The first is bread. We ask God for bread. The Israelites, as they were wandering in the wilderness, as they were leaving Egypt and heading towards Sinai, they have crossed the Red Sea and they're hungry. God has shown the magnificence of his power in the plagues, in splitting the Red Sea so that they could walk through on dry land, in destroying the army of Egypt with that very same Red Sea. And now they're hungry. So what do they do? Do they say, hey, hey, the same God that did all these miracles, he'll make sure we have enough food. No, they grumbled. They complained. And so God said, I hear their grumbling. I hear their complaining. And God in his grace answered their grumbling and complaining by providing for them bread every morning. It was there on the ground. All they had to do was go out, walk, pick it up off the ground and eat that day. But there was a stipulation on that. For six of those days, you only gathered enough to eat that very day. And so they did. Bread is a staple in the Israelite in the Israelite diet. It's a staple in the diets of many people around the world today, especially people that don't have access to readily available sources of protein and other meats. And so bread is what it takes for many people in our world to live. So bread is that thing that assures life. And it assures life because it is what we eat for our sustenance. But if we look at this, it's not just bread that we ask for. We're not merely asking for our tummies to be filled. Because if bread is that one thing for many people that assures that they are alive, bread is also symbolic of everything that we need to stay alive. We need air to breathe to stay alive. We need water to drink to stay alive. We need vitamins and minerals. We need the sun to go around or the earth to go around the sun. We're not in a heliocentric universe here. We're in whatever the center of the universe is. It's God centered. 
But the earth goes around the sun, the earth spins, the moon goes around the earth. We need seasons to move and all those things to happen. Everything that we need in order to survive is what we are asking for in this. Everything that we need to make sure that we are breathing this moment, this day, this month is what we need to survive. But this isn't just a give me, give me, give me type thing. This isn't uh, many commentators call these the give me, give me, give me positions, uh, petitions. These are gifted to us because we pray that God give us today our daily bread. And this word isn't just a word that signifies possession of something transferring from me to another person. It's the idea of something given in love, something gifted to somebody. Our bread that we consume, the necessities that we need for life are gifted to us by God. When Adam and Eve sinned, God would have been just to stop the processes of nature that provided food for them because they had broken his holy law. And yet God in his grace gifts to us every single day the things that we need for life, the things that we need to live. He doesn't just say, give me my daily bread. He says, give us our daily bread. The plural pronouns in this remind us that this is an intercessory prayer as well. Don't just provide for my needs, but provide for the needs of my family. Provide for the needs of my brothers and sisters in Christ. Provide for the needs of those who are suffering and struggling to make ends meet. Our prayers are not merely to be me, me, me. But we and us and our. And then he says, give us today our daily bread. The Israelites, as they gathered their manna, were told only collect enough for today. Brothers and sisters, God provides us what we need on a day by day basis. He provides us what we need to 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 live Today, in fact, if we were to go on to the worry section later on in Matthew chapter six, it says, don't think about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow because God will take care of you today. James says it's good to make plans for tomorrow, but make sure you're making them in God's will because God may not will for you to have tomorrow. We have today, we have this moment, and we are praying that God gift us absolutely everything that we need to live today. So what does it mean to say, give us today our daily bread? It means that we live daily in humble reliance upon God, reminding ourselves that we are dependent upon Him for everything that it takes for us to live For us to move. But what does this mean in light of the first three petitions? I think the first thing it shows us is that we oftentimes have warped ideas of what we need. In modern marketing vocabulary, there's the difference between real needs and felt needs. Oftentimes we live according to our felt needs. The needs, the things that we have been convinced that we can't live without, that in all reality we could. And humans for generations before us did. And even many human beings today live without. When we think of God's glory, when we think of God's kingdom, when we think of God's will, 
and and filter what we pray for, what we need through those things. God will peel away so many of the things that have become idols for us and not needs. I don't need a smartphone. I think I do. I really don't need air conditioning and heating, although please don't take it away from me. There are things that I need that I don't realize because I have filled what I think I need with things that I want. I have a warped idea of what it is that I need to live today. This petition, in light of the other three, teaches us to trust. Trust that God knows what we need. It says in verse 8, Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. My Father in heaven knows what I need even though I don't, and that is what He provides for me. A couple years ago, Laura Story came out with a song called Blessing. She says, We pray for blessings. We pray for peace, comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. All the while you hear each spoken need. Yet your love is way too much to give us these lesser things. Because what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? She goes on through the song. And at the end of it, she says, what if my greatest disappointments or the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world cannot satisfy? What if the trials of this life, the rain, the storms, the hardest nights are your mercies in disguise? Oftentimes we pray for things and we don't get them. We do pray for healing for ourselves and for our loved ones. And sometimes it doesn't come. We pray for food when we're hungry and sometimes it doesn't show up. We pray for prosperity and oftentimes we struggle to make ends meet and to pay our bills. And that happens because God knows what we truly need. He knows that we need to be drawn closer to him. He needs us to know he knows that we need to know that the glories and the grandeur of this life, which this world is good, brothers and sisters, the pleasures and the created things in this world, God has declared to be good. But they are not our hope. They are things that do not fill and should point us to that greater reality of the kingdom when it comes and the glory that we have. This petition teaches us to trust because it teaches us to see God as the great father in heaven and see ourselves as his children. Trusting him, trusting that he knows what we need far more than we do. And this prayer in light of the other three petitions teaches us humility. What are we commanded to seek first in Matthew 6.33? In answer to worry, Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Our prayer for our daily needs, our prayer for life today, 
should be in the context of, but God, you know better what I need than I do. And so work out your will. One commentator said that God gives us what we would pray for if we knew what he knew. This petition says, Lord, help me trust that you know better than I do. Help me humbly accept what you give me today. And help me live in light of the glory of your name in your kingdom, in your will, as I pursue my daily bread through prayer and through work. Give us today our daily bread. We live in a culture, as I said before, where John Maynard Keynes was exceedingly wrong. We do not stop consuming and purchasing once we reach a certain level of affluence or possessions. We live in a culture whose economy is built upon constant consumption of goods, services, and unfortunately, yes, food. And we're blessed to live here. I don't want to discount that at all. It is easy for us in this culture for our daily bread to come to us. Jobs right now are plentiful. God provides through grocery stores. Farming is still necessary, but not for everybody. Because we can go to grocery stores or to farmers markets and buy our food. But we are called to humbly pursue what God wants us to have for our needs. And because of the culture we live in, there are times... Okay, most of the time, God provides for us far more than we need to live today. I'm proof of that. I hide it well in big, somewhat baggy clothes. What do we do when God provides more than we need? In our Old Testament reading today, we were reminded that those who gathered much had exactly what they need and those who gathered little had exactly what they needed. In Acts chapter 4, we are told that the fledgling church in Jerusalem pooled their resources voluntarily. It was not forced upon them by a government. It was because they understand, they understood that as brothers and sisters in Christ, they pooled their resources to support one another. What do we do when God provides too much? Do we consume or do we share? Let us pray. Our God and Father above, we do thank you that you provide all that we need. And if we are honest with ourselves in this context, you provide far more than we need. Help us to see each other in light of that. Help us to pray for each other, for our needs, for our health. Help us to be willing to help each other as is necessary. And help us to rest in what you have given to us, especially through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, providing for us salvation and reconciliation with you. I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.